Welcome to season two of Sessions. On this episode, we chat with Sonia Rasula, the mind behind the Unique Markets Empire. Listen in as we chat through the thinking behind Unique Markets, how Sonia has fostered the growth of the community, and her five reasons why shopping local is important for both economy and the community around you. Welcome to Sessions by Matt Black, a podcast by and for the creative class, focused on digging into the things that make brands and campaigns go from good to great. Today, um, you have myself, Chelsea Matthews, founder and creative director here at Matt Black, and I am super, super excited to have Sonia Rastula here with us, uh, founder of Unique Markets. She's got a lot of different um, and exciting ventures in her arsenal, um, and I'm really excited to be chatting with you today, Sonia, because I met you right before your very first unique market, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> it is. I think you might be like the one human being on earth who knew me before everything started. <laughs> I feel honored. I really do. I remember I had just started a new job. This was like, well, this was 10 years ago, actually, yeah. for, for sure. It was 10 years ago. Um, I had just started a new job at the California Market Center. That was the location that you still to this day host your downtown show at. Yep. Um, and I remember they were like, oh, there's this really cool girl. She's going to host this awesome market and uh, you guys should meet. I'm like, awesome. And, you know, here we are. What, like 10, 11 years later? <laughs> we are a decade later. <laughs> a decade later. Um, so anyway, super excited to have you here. Um, before we kind of dive into the good meaty stuff, we have a couple of our get to know you questions that we always like to ask. What is your drink of choice? Um, I would I would have to say Coca Cola, but like very specifically from McDonald's. Oh <laughs> yes, um, I believe I don't know. This sounds crazy, and maybe people after listening to this will like get back to me on direct message or something. But I believe that they water it down a little bit and they pump up the carbonation. But mm. whatever they do, it's like crack for me. Interesting. <laughs> Will you go to McDonald's just to get the Coke? Yes. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's weird. <laughs> um, and then if if we're talking about alcohol, then I it's definitely Pinot Noir. Like I'm always holding a glass of Pinot Noir. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. 9 a.m. Pinot Noir. I'm into it. Um, <laughs> okay. And you've had a lot of amazing victories over the years. What is your victory song? You know, this is not a good answer because I don't have one song. I feel like I have a whole repertoire of just like really good old school, like 90s hip hop that I play yes. really loudly. Yeah. yeah, that's always the best. <laughs> um, and then lastly, when you're on Instagram, which you are very great at in general, uh, what are you lurking on right now? What are you into? Um, I'm into a lot, but I feel like for some reason I've been lurking a lot on Rihanna's feed. Mm. Um, Interesting. I'm obsessed with her, like obsessed. Yes. I mean, agreed. How can you not be? (laughs) 
Girl's got it all. She's amazing. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so now I know things about you that I didn't know, even though I've known you for, you know, 10 years. So I feel really excited about that. Um, <laughs> but let's get into the good meaty stuff that people want to know. Um, how did your career with Unique, which is definitely unique and multifaceted, uh, come to be? I want to know about your, your story. Yeah, so I guess... Um, well, about a year before I met you, I had been fired from my dream job, which was on a t- television show called Trading Spaces. And so I was like going through depression and I was just like going to the beach a lot and doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I realized that I would have to either get a job or, you know, come up with a business idea. Um, and I, I didn't have a business idea at that time. <laughs> and I also did not want to work for anyone else. Um, after working for like over a decade in big corporate companies, I was kind of like done with working for other people. Um, and so I decided to, that was the end of 2007. So I decided to volunteer and just live off of my savings because it was kind of the most exciting political time in our generation, I think. <laughs> yeah, this was the Obama. The Obama. Obama yeah, yeah. And so I decided to just, I looked at my savings and I thought, okay, you can probably volunteer for about seven or eight months. And so that's what I did. I volunteered. I became the director of a nonprofit in Los Angeles and we registered voters and wrote voter guides and worked with big media companies to try to get people who were in their um, 20s and 30s to vote. And so that was awesome. I got to know the city. I got to know a lot of the city councilors. One of them was someone named Eric Garcetti, who is now Mayor Garcetti. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just a very like inspiring time for me in general. And I think that as the election approached, I realized like, oh shit, now I really do actually have to get a job. <laughs> um, and so I was trying to figure out what that would be. And I had all these ideas like, Sonia, you're going to become a chocolatier, which I was seriously serious about for a moment in time. And then I started making stationery. Like I was just dabbling. Um, And sitting in my car one day, I was stuck in traffic trying to buy a bunch of gifts. And I was driving back and forth across the city. And I was sitting there and it just occurred to me, like, why does such a a world-class and giant city, why do we not have a shopping event? one similar to things that they had in Toronto and New York City um, and Chicago. And so the idea came to me in my car to create this this giant marketplace that would be modern um, and kind of different from what existed. The only things that existed at that time in Los Angeles were like flea markets and really, really terrible sample sales. And so I saw an opportunity and I decided to start unique markets. Um, so yeah, that was 2008. I used, I used my entire like retirement savings, um, to fund it. And I, I had no idea that it would become my career. I was just kind of looking for, to give myself a job to at least like take me to the next thing. Yeah. And it's 10 years later. And so how many vendors did you have or exhibitors did you have at your first unique? So the very, very first unique, we had 225. 
Which is like crazy. I mean, that's crazy for someone (laughs) to basically, I mean, I think it's a real testament to who you are, right? And like your character and all of that for 225 small businesses to trust you with their money that you're going to get people to show up and buy from them. Like that's, it's it's really hard. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if they trusted me, but I convinced them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that, That really was the hardest part because I hadn't, I mean, I hadn't even lived in LA for that long. So people were very skeptical of me and the whole idea. They were like, wait a minute, this is an indoor shopping event and you're charging an admission, like nothing like this exists. And so that was probably my biggest challenge was just trying to get people to understand like, no, I'm going to, you know, what we're doing is starting something together as a community and trust me, it will grow. And I guess, yeah, you're right. 225 people thankfully trusted me way back then. (laughs) And it almost seems like to some extent, I mean, I know it's like two very different things, but probably the, you know, what, seven or eight months that you spent kind of, you know, actively recruiting people to register to vote. And in a lot of ways, that's like very strategic selling, you know, like you need to, you need to strategically and creatively convince um, especially like younger generations to do something that is, you know, not in their greatest interest all the time. And so it, it's kind of, I could imagine that there was like a really good amount of skills that you kind of took from that experience into, yeah. into that, into unique, which is amazing. Absolutely. Like anyone who's ever had to just like approach a stranger on the street, um, and know, like knows what that feeling is. Like the person tries not to make eye contact and you keep going. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's a very good exercise for everyone to, um, to partake in. But yeah, I got, I learned a lot from that experience. And then of course, all my corporate experience um, lent itself very nicely. Yeah, of course. And then you are now, I mean, if you kind of look at, you know, unique markets today, I know you've, you know, you brought it into other cities over the years and you've kind of expanded um, what you guys have done, but you are right now, I think in, in the middle or near the end of a, what, eight city sprint, seven city sprint. A nine city tour. Yeah. Cause you're crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I was fortunate enough to have an amazing sponsor who we've worked with for a couple years now, Constant Contact. They approached me in the fall and said like, how can we help you take this idea and, support small businesses all across the country. And so we worked with them. We did, we're about to finish the tour. We've done nine cities all across America. Wow. Um, and it's been really, really, it's been really cool to see, you know, we, we had always done San Francisco, New York, LA, but it's been really rewarding to do this tour specifically because we kind of did what we refer to as like B cities. Mm-hmm. So it was like Seattle and DC and Denver and Minneapolis and cities like that, they're very large, but that, you know, in general, most people kind of, um, overlook. Yeah. And it's been really, really rewarding to be there. And how have you, um, how have you marketed in those cities? I mean, naturally in a place like LA, you have a massive footprint, you know, you've built an audience for years, but then you go to, you know, DC or Minneapolis how are you finding the attendees? The brands I can understand, but the attendees is it's a, it's hard to get people, you know, out to these kinds of things. What was kind of your strategy? Yeah, I think a lot of it was social, which was great. Um, 
we it's it kind of felt like I was going back 10 years ago to the original <laughs> when you're just like, you know, hustling. Basically, yeah. we were, um, you know, emailing and working with influencers, finding community members in the cities that we thought would have good reach. Um, and then just doing like, I, you know, what I feel like everyone does now, but doing a lot of online advertising. Um, and then doing a lot of just great, like grassroots PR and talking to the media in those cities. Um, and we are lucky that we do have a really good mailing list and we have a lot of followers on Instagram from all over. And so we've been lucky that our audience has, you know, been tagging their friends in the different cities and have been telling their family who lives, you know, in a city that we've, that we're going to, the word has been spreading naturally, which has been really great. That's awesome. And then. So then naturally, um, I feel like I get to say that I'm a a part of uh, the first of a lot of your endeavors. I'm just going to take a little credit here, but I want to segue this into some of the other ventures that um, you created around the unique domain, really, Mm -hmm. one of which was an incredible um, camp for creatives called Camp. I don't even know if that's the right way that you positioned it, but for me, that's what I felt was a very... uh, definitive way of thinking about it. And then, and then you have your, the unique space. So I'd love to kind of hear a little bit about your approach to concepting these different kinds of, um, extensions to the brand, um, and, and kind of how you find your place within those things. Yeah. I mean, so I started unique markets and because of how large the markets truly are, I was working with hundreds and hundreds of small businesses every single year. And so even just a handful of years into, into the existence, you know, I had already worked with probably about 1,500 or 2,000 small businesses at that point. And one of the things that they were continually asking me was for, like, for my time and for advice on things that I would never <laughs> know how to advise anyone, like things like accounting. <laughs> um, And so, you know, after hearing kind of the same need from entrepreneurs for a while, um, I realized that there was a big need for education and that while there is a lot of education out there in the world, it's very traditional um, and definitely does not speak to creatives. I think your description was perfect, you know, (laughs) camp for creatives. Um, And so, you know, my, I think like one of the things that I'm really passionate about is that I truly believe that creativity will change the world. That's how innovation happens. And so for me, suddenly like a light bulb went off and I was, I kind of thought, okay, first I started Unique Markets, which was different and no one understood. Um, Now I'm going to start a business conference where, you know, this creative class of people like you and I, and probably all of your listeners um, can go not only learn skills that we need, which may be about legal or accounting or um, social media, but also being able to just like network and meet other human beings who are doing similar work. And, you know, we're all so busy and we're also connected all the time and yet not connected at all. Totally. And so that was a big part of it. I wanted to just be able to create a space for anyone really who wanted to get off their phones for four days, which is what we did, as you know. Um, and just connect with other human beings. And then at the same time, 
also take classes that would improve their businesses. And so that's what camp was. And then the unique space was also born out of kind of that same idea that, um, you know, I, I know what I'm really good at and I know what I'm not good at. And obviously I'm really good at connecting and gathering people. And I think figuring out ways to help entrepreneurs and small business owners, um, as a, like a Pisces and a creative myself, I feel like I'm a dreamer and I'm an artist, but somehow someone in my family gave me (laughs) business skills, which not a lot of artists and creatives have, or they don't come naturally to them. Um, and yeah, so the unique space, I wanted to create permanent office space for people who need, who needed offices in downtown Los Angeles. But the key would really be that it would be communal and community-based. And so, you know, we've got architects in here, we've got lawyers, we've got creative agencies, and, you know, they all have their own private offices. But the amazing thing about the unique space is that we're able to meet in the kitchen while we're cooking lunch. Or today, actually, we're having an ice cream social in the afternoon. So there are these, these ways for these businesses and these business owners, more importantly, to connect and talk and um, help each other with their businesses and what they're doing. Yeah. And I mean, you, I mean, naturally, you know, there's a lot of the boom of co-working is something that has become, you know, quite, quite large and is a, a, a very, you know, viable business in today's market. But I mean, really to give you true credit around this is the unique space was in the early heyday. I mean, I don't know how many years it's been that you've had the space, but it was very early on for the idea of co-working. That was still a relatively new thing. Not to mention the fact that this was a completely derelict building in the middle of the arts district that was not deemed the arts district at that time. I mean, it was, but like there was nothing really happening there then like there was today. Yeah, And you took like a massive leap of faith in I mean, I remember you launched a Kickstarter campaign. You had photos of this building that just looked like there was, you know, nightmares like at every juncture because of the potential construction problems (laughs) that you were going to come up against. But yet you were like, this is the vision. And yet again, you were like, get behind me. And uh, you, you, you know, funded your campaign. And like, here you are, however many years later with amazing companies in there. And you have been for years. It's so cool. Thank you. <laughs> I know. It's really, I'm like, I was like, I have to give that insight because otherwise it just sounds like you took over some cool shiny space and like just made it cool with your people. I'm like, nah, there were like wires hanging in the middle of like, you oh, know, yeah. empty, empty hallways. It was, it was a danger zone. And <laughs> I feel like actually the one really cool thing that I'm going to share is that like in the basement, there was like, there was like a bright red pentagram painted on the floor. Whoa. <laughs> Which is like crazy and yet also amazing. <laughs> um, Did you keep so it? Who knows what went on in this building is just, I guess my point, but um, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> okay, cool. So let's dive into your five things. Cause that's really the juicy, juicy goodness. Um, one of the goals that you have for unique markets is to bring modern independent design to the masses, which you have been successfully doing for a decade. Um, with that in mind, I'd love to talk about the five reasons why you feel shopping local is so important for the community and economy, especially in today's landscape. I'm going to let you just kind of 
chat through what you feel is inherently um, important in these things. And I'll jump in when I have some insight. Okay, perfect. So I think, I mean, there are a lot more than five reasons to shop local, but most of them can be kind of condensed into five. And so the first one and my favorite is that it keeps the money in the city that you live. And really it helps your community and your city thrive. And not a lot of people kind of make that connection. I know that sounds funny, but a lot of people think about the warm fuzziness of just like meeting the people um, and the business owners and shopping local. But my favorite thing to really talk to people about is the fact that, you know, every local business is registered and we are paying not only state taxes, but city taxes. And that money goes toward the infrastructure of your city. And so when you're spending money with a local small business owner, your dollars are actually going to helping build more public schools, keep libraries open, um, you know, add more parks to the city, do highway improvements. So there's this whole infrastructure um, that it helps. So when you're shopping local, you're actually putting money directly back into your community, which is like so crucial. I don't think a lot of people realize that. There's actually one study that came out of Chicago that found that for every $100 that's spent locally, $68 remain in the city. Whereas if you shop at a big chain retailer, it's only $43. So every dollar and every penny counts. And so that's just, you know, that's revitalizing and helping your city. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. Yeah. So the second thing, the second reason to shop local is that it creates jobs right here in America and in your city. And so that's obviously an amazing thing. Both you and I have, have grown over the years and we know what that's like. Um, and it, you know, as a small business owner, it feels amazing every time I'm able to like take that leap and hire the next full-time person. And so as a consumer, when you're shopping locally, just keep in mind that you are helping small business owners get to the point where they can hire community members and employ people from your community. One really good example I have is PF Candle Co., who started making candles. Kristen is the owner. She started making candles in her bedroom, then grew to her living room, then her kitchen. <laughs> the candle making started to take over her whole apartment. <laughs> and she's just, her brand, PF Candle Co., has just grown so much over the years. And she has now moved into her second warehouse outside of Los Angeles. And I believe that they passed the 50 employee mark a month ago. So that just shows what happens when you put your money and your belief into a small business owner. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, and then the third thing is that it really helps to build community. And I feel like a lot of people are always like, oh, what do you mean when you talk about like the importance of community? Um, I think that it's so it's so much more of a rich experience if you personally know the people that you're shopping from. Um, you know, we all shop online now and we all buy things directly from our phones. It's so easy. Um, but I think that that's like a that is a a version of consumerism that I think is actually very scary. Um, and that it has less to do with like um it has less to do with like a, a need and more of a want. And that's like mass consumerism. Um, and so for me, I'm 
more into the idea of conscious consumerism. And I think that when you are talking with someone who designs and makes the products and puts all of their passion and time and love into it, there's there's just a feeling that is so much better than when you're just like swiping to buy a product. Oh, totally. Um, and I think you're, yeah, it's like you're you're putting your money towards someone else's dream as opposed to just like buying from a corporation who gets gadgets made abroad. And, you know, it's just like a much colder process. And I think um, building community, part of building community is that exact exchange of you going to the local coffee shop or a small store or unique markets and actually getting to know the people in your city who make things. Yeah, I think that that is, I mean, I, I think that also kind of spins off to, you know, a lot of the articles that you can read around, you know, millennials or even Gen Z and the way that they spend their money. And when you read those articles, it often talks about their spending money on experience, right? So that most linear tie to that is, is travel or even something like a unique uh, market because there's an experience tied to that shopping endeavor. But I think it also ties into the sense of like, almost one, like the social currency that you get with there being something um, like the surprise and delight of finding something that's from a small, like uh, not even small, but like a local vendor of some sort where you feel like there's like a craftsmanship or there's a sensibility that feels very, you know, special to, to that product or that brand. Um, or even just like the the story of being able to say that something isn't from Amazon, <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. it's from someone specifically and they're, you know, in your city or, or not. But um, I, I see that as being something that is thankfully, it feels like it's a little bit on the rise in terms of people's priority. Uh, price is always its own, you know, roadblock. But that, mm-hmm. you know, in general, I feel like that is that is a real positive. Yeah, absolutely. It's about the experience of it and the exchange, not just the like unboxing of a product. <laughs> totally. Totally. Oh, hey there. So we'll get back to the conversation between Sonia and Chelsea in just a couple of seconds, but we actually just wanted to take a quick break to plug our amazing podcast sponsors for the season, Planoly. Um, so Planoly is an official Instagram partner that allows you to visually plan all of your Instagram content ahead of time in a very no-hassle, seamless way. They've been the go-to Instagram planner for over 2 million digital marketers and content creators, Matt Black, Shapeshift Report included, um, and we really love using it over here. All of their features are super tuned in. They allow you to plan your grid, auto post, really like get your stories queued up, engage with your audience, make your Instagram shoppable, and even the most important part, viewing analytics. So you can really start to firm up your Instagram content based on what's performing well and what might be falling flat. So we really love using Planoly over here um, and we really want you guys to experience it as well. So of course, we have a little offer code for you guys. So for a limited time, if you head over to Planoly.com, and you put in the offer code Planoly Sessions. And yes, that's one word, Planoly Sessions. You'll get one month free on any new plans that you use. So just make sure you enter in Planoly Sessions at checkout and experience the magic that is Planoly. So happy planning and let's get right back into this episode. So the fourth thing, I think the fourth reason why it's important to shop local is that it's much better for the environment. Um, So shopping locally reduces the footprint in many different ways. So first you're purchasing directly from the producer of a product. So you're cutting out 
all of the energy and waste that's created when you have to like, you know, ship giant containers across the ocean <laughs> here. Um, and then everything else that goes into unloading all of those things and then putting them onto trucks, those trucks then driving across the country to drop them off at the big box stores. There's so much environmental waste that's created. And then when you think about all of the online shopping, it's like, I don't, I don't like to go down this rabbit hole, but <laughs> the amount of cardboard mm. and, you know, just um, shipping supplies to buy one thing yeah. on Amazon. And I don't know what their numbers are up to, but I, you know, I can't imagine how many things they're shipping per day, but think about that for a second. And it's just the amount of waste is pretty astounding. I know. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, if you're shopping locally, you know, the worst thing that you're doing is, is driving your car maybe, but if you're in a great city, um, perhaps not Los Angeles where you have a great public transportation system <laughs> or can bike, um, then yeah, I mean, you're just, you know, you're shopping directly from, from the person, which is great. And then the other thing also is that there's less waste from a goods perspective. So if you just buy trendy things that are in and out, then you're most likely going to throw them out mm -hmm. at the end of the year or when you're done with them. And especially if the quality is super crappy. Whereas if you're buying an item from an artisan or from someone locally, it's probably much, much higher quality and it's, it will cost more money, but it will also last. And it's probably an item that you can pass down through the generation. So it's more of, of, um, it's more of like a special piece that you can actually tell a story around. And then the next generation can tell a story around as opposed to just like, some, you know, very, very cheap, n not made with good materials doll that gets thrown out at the end of the year. Yeah, 100%. And then the last thing about shopping locally is, of course, that it feels really, really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> the most important. Um, <laughs> you get all the warm fuzzies when you shop local. I think the act of shopping local is just much more meaningful and I already touched on it, but, you know, with smartphones and online shopping and the fact that we are probably all connected to some sort of device for the majority of our day now, I think that it's like a dangerous trend. The cool thing that you mentioned, which is, which is a fact, is that millennials tend to go for experience over, um, you know, just like yeah. the act of shopping online. Yeah. I think is so fucking cool because it means there's hope. Totally. <laughs> and they already get it. Like they, they would come walk into unique markets and already love it, you know, which is great. Shopping locally means that you get to experience something and hear about something and um, find out more about a product than you would if you were just buying it online. So I think shopping locally just, you know, kind of like I said before, it just feels much better <laughs> yeah. than, uh, than not. And then I don't know. I mean, yeah, I feel like this relates to shopping with like small independent stores and even going to like a local coffee place as opposed to Starbucks. But the thing that for sure happens when people shop at unique markets is that they get really inspired and there's no way that you can tell me you finish shopping online on Amazon and that you're like inspired. And so I think that's really, really important to keep in mind is that like 
you know, you, me, and all the listeners are already like kind of living our best lives. <laughs> but for younger kids, and you know, I mean, I know you're a mom. I think that for young kids to see what happens when you shop locally and like see the like, you know, their parents like animated and talking to the store owners or talking to the designers themselves, that's a I, I believe that that's actually a much bigger deal than anyone really ever thinks or talks about because mm-hmm. that's teaching younger generations about so many different things. But one of the things is that creativity and that, um, you know, being alternative, it can actually is great. And yeah. That, you know, they don't have to be a dentist or a mathematician or a lawyer that they could make lamps for a living or have like a wellness line. You know, it's like that's inspirational and important too. And so I think that's kind of a strange um, way to describe it. But I'd say that, it, you know, that inspiration of shopping local happens on many. Yeah, I think that that's actually, I mean, that could be a conversation all, you know, on its own really. But it's like this, the importance of human exchange and consumerism, uh, especially, I mean, to your point, having a three-year-old who is relatively consumed by devices too, if they had their own way all the time, um, that exposure is actually something I haven't really thought about. I mean, the exposure to that kind of human connection isn't something you think about so obviously, but I do think that that is um, a really important point, And I, I appreciate that a lot. Um, so thank you for those. I think that there's so many, obviously so many uh, awesome nuggets within that. And I think it's important for us naturally by wanting to have this conversation with you in, you know, bringing it back to, you know, finding those, the local makers, um, finding the, the local resources like a unique, um, you know, if unique isn't in your city where you can really, um, uncover and like discover some of the talent in your own city or, or otherwise. And, find things that to your point are just more special in nature. Um, so I love that, but thinking bigger about what it actually means for the economy and for the environment and all of that is obviously, um, not something that's as common in our day-to-day thinking about shopping locally. So those are some really, really good insights. Thank you. So Sonia, as long as I've known you, I feel like you always have something exciting up your sleeve. Um, every time I bump into you, it's always kind of like, a, oh, I have this thing or, oh, we're doing this thing or I want to talk to you about this thing. Um, I feel like you're, you're always kind of one step ahead, which is amazing. What is in store for Unique Markets next year or this year? Yeah, so we've got something really, really exciting up our sleeves. You are absolutely correct. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yes. um, I can't talk about it, but everyone can check out the website, which is uniquemarkets.com. But it's something really, really exciting for people all over. Ooh. That <laughs> dun, just dun, leaves, dun. I know, that yeah. leaves so many thought bubbles coming out of my mind. All right, fine. I'll let you um, sneakily answer the question that way. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, and so, to kind of round this off, I always like to to ask this question: um, If you were able to take a year off from Unique um, and everything else that you do, and finesse a new skill set, money was not an issue, um, and you weren't dipping into your four hundred one k again, um, what what would you choose to finesse? Like what skill set are you looking to expand upon and why? So I think, Ooh, there's so many, actually, it's hard to choose. 
but I think that I have always wanted to like learn how to sew. Mm. <laughs> um, I know how to sew and I can make clothing, but I don't know how to like follow a pattern. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wait, that so feels very know. backwards, actually. I know. It's like I create my own patterns. I look at something, I draw it out on a piece of paper. Like I just, I cut and sew. I, I don't know if that makes sense. Um, but so for me, I feel like I, that's like the dream would be to like go to Italy or Paris and like study, you know, within some atelier or like, I don't, I have no idea, but basically it would just be like learning everything there is about like fabric and sewing and creating like stunning, crazy pieces of Clothing. That's incredible. I feel like that's such an extension on what you are doing for other people <laughs> in a way. So it feels very soothing. That's super cool. Um, and last but not least, where can all of our listeners find you? We want you to plug away um, at all of your social channels, your sites, let them let them sign up for that newsletter where you announce this big secret end of January tease <laughs> um, so they can find out just like I want to find out. Yes, absolutely. Because trust me, everyone who believes in creativity and community will want to know about it. Um, so you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We're at Unique Markets or on Facebook slash Unique Markets. I personally am at Sonia Rasula and it's Sonia with a J, I should mention, because um, it's weird. <laughs> um, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that stuff. And then our website is uniquemarkets.com. And you can sign up for the newsletter there. You can see what we are all about. You can read more about us and our history. Um, but yeah, come on board and follow us. The adventure is going to be pretty epic this year. So um, stay tuned. I'm so excited. Sonia, thank you so, so much for your time. It's always the most lovely getting to hear your voice. And I hope I get to see you soon. Um, and to everyone else thank you so much for listening to sessions brought to you by matt black and the shapeshift report if you like what you're hearing don't forget to subscribe to the pod subscribe subscribe um, and give us a nice little rating on itunes because we love you so 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 